on March 13th, 2022, three brilliant and hungry minds did the impossible, reviewed countless comic book restaurants, and even crafted some of their own. Now, two months and two days later, they're going to do it again. And I didn't think we'd get back to this this soon. Welcome to Recommended Reading with Jackson Heyman. My name is Jackson Heyman, and welcome to the second ever episode of Recommended Requests, the show where you pay us to discuss things that we brought up in episodes, or, in the case of this week, commission full sequels to an episode. Um, this episode was was paid for by Ray Weiss, and the specific instructions were a sequel to the restaurant episode. And we did it. We're going to do it again. I'm joined again by Cena and Lainey. Hi. Welcome back. <laughs> this is our Krusty Krab 2. <gasps> this is our Krusty Krab 2. This is our Krusty Krab 2. So what you're saying is, where the Krusty Krab 2 in the Spongebob movie was supposed to be like, the end-all be-all thing. Like, this is what everything in Spongebob, this is like, end, this is supposed to be the series finale of Spongebob. <laughs> we shouldn't release this until I stop doing this podcast. Right? Absolutely not. This is <laughs> restaurant to, wait, I'm trying to do, wait, wait. This is too restaurant to episode. Too fast, <laughs> too furious. The, the third one? Wait, or could, could this be the squeakquel? Wait, this is the squeakquel. <laughs> I this think is this the is the squeakquel. This is the squeakquel. Oh my god. Um, well, last time we covered a lot of fictional restaurants and one real one, and we pitched some of our own. But here's the thing, gang. The well of comic book restaurants has not been replenished in the two months since we recorded that episode. So there's not a lot of material left. So we're sort of expanding our horizons a little bit. Um, we are covering more just straight food items. Um, and uh, one real restaurant. And we are finally going to discuss something that was lost to the annals of history last time we recorded. Eagle-eared listeners will have possibly noticed a big editing jump from one conversation to the other, and that's because we lost about 10 or so minutes of recording, the, the 10 minutes that would have pushed that episode over two hours, be talking about a, well, Lainey, do you want to take, take, it, take the reins? love to i like to consider myself a historian in this moment um because i am unearthing something that truly history has forgotten um now also eagle-eared listener you may recall at the beginning of the last episode i said i was contractually obligated to talk about joker fish and do you know what i didn't do you may think huh lenny made a promise and did not follow through on it and that is not true i did talk about this so the joker fish Right? Because we all live in a society. We've already talked about that. So, Jokerfish. There is a comic, D Detective Comics number 475, released in 1978, 
It is a fantastic piece. I reread it for this recording to make sure I was just really on top of my detail. Um, when I was originally looking for foods that were available in comic universes uh, on our favorite website, uh, dcuniverse.fandom, there was a list of several foods, right? And one of them was Joker fish. And I was like, I don't know who that is. So check it out. There's this comic where Joker wants to make this fish called the Joker fish. He has given it um, like Joker serum. So it is a crazy looking little fish. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I'm getting a little hand up situation going here. Yeah. I'm looking at the cover here. Um, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> um, Take your time. I, I will. I will be describing this. Um, it's the classic Batman versus the Joker standoff, but instead of any sort of weapons, the Joker is holding two fish like pistols, as one and does. And I, I must describe. I must describe these fish. They. This is art. They are like. Almost like a salmon or a trout, but they're with like herring and a cod. Herring and a cod, okay. Um, but they have Paleolithic like fins, like sail fins. Um, the sharpest piranha teeth, and like white clown makeup and red lips, and he's using them as guns, and he's saying. Hands up, Batman! I've got you covered! What? So, thank you so much for giving that visual, because I cannot describe how hideous these little fish are. Um, the reason why he wants these fit, why he has these fish, is because he wants to get them branded, and so he, like, starts harassing this copyright attorney, and he's like, I want to get this done, I want to get this copywritten, I'm the Joker, baby! And... He gives him until midnight to get this copyright through. And obviously you can't turn a copyright that quick. And so the guy gets killed. And (laughs) he keeps doing this with several different attorneys until (laughs) Batman stops him. So. Hold on. Yeah. (laughs) What firm is representing this case? This... (laughs) Who is he hiring? He's not hiring anyone. He's just blackmailing people. He's choosing copyright lawyers and saying, hey, man, which is just really, it shows that this is Detective Comics number 475, because it seems like they've hit like a wall and they're like, you know what career we haven't really picked on in a while? Copyright attorneys are those guys bastards. I gotta look, I gotta look up who wrote this. I gotta look up who wrote Detective Comics 475. Um, in 1978 and also this is referenced in batman the animated series um but the reason why it's in this episode is because it's not super clear what he wants to do with the fish it sounds like he wants to sell them for like eating purposes or like pets i don't know but he here here's the thing here's the kicker he fed the fish to the cat of one of the attorneys he killed and you know what happened to that cat became a jokerized cat so the question on the table today, when you eat the Joker fish, do you become the Joker? I think it's re- yes. It's a resounding yes from me as well. 
I, I, I go ahead. I, I have to because you mentioned the animated series. Uh, I found a poster uh, from the animated series done up as an ad for the Joker fish. Uh, it was for the episode The Laughing Fish mm-hmm. and has a picture of the Joker side profile, you know, classic grin, wearing the uh, like Gordon Fisherman uh, yellow hat and coat and has the text says they're finny and funny and oh so delish they're joyful and jolly the joker fish and then down below in like a classic 40s 50s uh like advert has harley quinn with a kiss the cook apron holding up a joker fish on a plate uh serving some folks and it says say mom wondering what to feed the family tonight try the famous the joker fish there's smile and smelt giggling <laughs> giggling grouper and happy haddock Yummy, yum, yum. Yes, friends, that's the do- the Joker fish. Tasty, tempting, and of course, naturally low in cholesterol. Coming to your local store just as soon as that nasty old Mr. G. Carl Francis decides to give me my legal cut of the profits. And then it ends with a little banner that says, Coming soon, the Joker Burgers. No. Oh. That <laughs> so burger would goes, like to have a word. goes <laughs> even deeper. Now, okay, I have to butt in again. Um, so I looked this up. This storyline featuring the Joker fish. This story, The Laughing Fish, was written by Steve Englehart. And does that name uh, ring familiar to either of you? It's Jingle. I'm gonna, I'm gonna run down a list of the characters that Steve Englehart created during his time at Marvel Comics. Shang-Chi, Master of Kung Fu. Mantis. Star-Lord. Shumagorath. Um, Betty Ross. Um, he wrote that Vision and the Scarlet Witch miniseries that featured the original versions of Wanda's kids, Billy and Tommy. Okay. Um, a, lot of, a lot of other random characters... Um, he created Bat- Bruce Wayne's love interest, Silver St. Cloud, um, the uh, X-Men villain Wendigo, um, also credited as creating Kilowog for Green Lantern. I love Kilowog, but most importantly, he created the Joker fish, and for that we must thank him. <laughs> and I'm sorry, did you say Betsy Ross? No, Betty Ross. Betty oh. Ross. The, the Bruce, Man- Bruce Banner's wife, girlfriend. Okay, I'm following now. Um, the original, the guy who wrote that Captain America story where he gives up the mantle of Captain America and becomes Nomad, also Steve Englehart. And Damn. the Jokerfish. And the Jokerfish. Good for him. Good for what, him. What an accomplishment. Wow. I didn't wow. Wow. And that was pretty good writing, I'll say. The copyright angle is real nice. Um, something else I just want to circle back to the Joker burger. I do think that that in my head is kind of registering with the Krusty Krab 2 analogy we had earlier. It's really registering as a chum bucket situation. Um yeah. to the bat burger, like Joker burger, but it's off brand and it has like a real janky font on the it's like it's only in malls. Okay, like, I want exclusively a mall court food. Court. I, wanna, I, wanna... I think it has to be color like 
you know, pretty like we're just gonna keep going SpongeBob here. You know the Pretty Patties episode. Yes. It's gotta be Jokerized colored. Like it's gotta be like a white <sighs> bun with, or like a gr- perhaps a green bun for the hair, and then like white vegetables on top. The patties like just red, just red on the outside, <laughs> purple <laughs> bottom bun. And then like the horrible. And then like the Pretty Patties episode. He gets so many people rioting because of what those burgers did to their bodies. Like the people got pretty pattied. So obviously the Joker burgers are going to also jokerize them. Whoa. I want to I want to pitch something coming with this um, Krusty Krab chum bucket analogy. So obviously Bruce Wayne, Mr. Krabs, the Joker plankton. Who are their employees? Hmm. Who is the Squidward of the Bat family? If I say Jason Todd, <laughs> my gut is right there with you. <laughs> okay, someone photoshopped that um that one Squidward, I really wish I wasn't here right now button onto Jason Todd as the Red Hood, please. Oh, you I... know I can do that in like less than five minutes. Oh, thank God. Yes. And then Tim Drake is SpongeBob because he's just so happy to be there. This is false and untrue. We need to. This is a different episode. Hey, if you're look, if you're looking to buy more content, I think that we need to have an episode just duke out Tim Drake thoughts. Absolutely. Like, I have it on the schedule for 2023 already. The massive like five or six way Robin debate. Oh yeah. Um, don't so worry. stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. It'll be- It'll be Robin. It's going to be called Round Robin. Thank you. Um, (gasps) That's so good. God, this is why we pay you the big bucks. That's what I'm here for is to come up with really quick witted puns. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. (laughs) The the thank you in unison is just that that kind of hit different. I got to (laughs) say. I have one more note for Jokerfish Um, on the DC fandom uh, website. For the personality traits, besides the ones that Cena listed off, which were spectacular, there are exactly two personality traits listed and abilities for the Jokerfish. One, intimidation. As Batman noted to a fisherman, the Jokerfish is but one element of Joker's ever-growing attempt to perpetuate fear in the community. So a terrifying fish. And then two, swimming. They can swim side to side and even up and down. So... There's some pretty I mean, scary fish. Well, it's, it, it's it's the Willy Wonka elevators of fish is what I'm hearing. Yeah, what kind of great glass elevator bullshit is this? <laughs> <laughs> but now, now I and I have to I have to we we have to discuss this. Um, I've lived in multiple cities where like being near a river is one of like the big strong points, and like you can walk the river and stuff. And if I'm, like, walking alongside a river and I just see a smiling-ass green fish coming at me and moving, like, up and down, I'd be fucking terrified. So, of course, they're really good at intimidation. That's a really good point. But also, this is Gotham. So, like, you see that and you're like, God, I'm glad my rent is under $500. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. The rent, the rent in Gotham, Gotham has to be so low. It's yeah. 
Ah, you're yeah. probably paying like seven fifty for a one bedroom there in like a nice high rise, just because like you're gonna get fear gassed at some point. Don't get it twisted. You will be making federal minimum wage. Yeah, you're working at Fat Burger. You're working. <laughs> it's just this like is, our guy Mark. This is Mark. This is Mark's life. He's divorced. He lives in a one bedroom in Gotham. He pays bare minimum for rent, and he just has the worst life. He's just like me for real. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. God. Okay, we talked almost 20 minutes about the choker fish. We did it. I can go more. I can go more. Ray, if you're out there. Did you already make this Photoshop? I absolutely already made it. I told you I could do it in less than five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you choose a feet pick? Uh, <laughs> Why did you have that at the ready? <laughs> it came off. <laughs> All right. Sorry, okay. uh, we're definitely going to be attaching this to our social media. Um, I'm making this. I'm making this my Twitter header photo right now. <laughs> um, saying goodbye to um, the, saying goodbye to the cropped Dragon Ball meme of Jiren the Gray saying making fettuccine, and I'm putting in Jason Todd. I'm honored. I'm always honored when my shitty edits make uh there <laughs> grace someone's social media. It's now my Twitter. It's now my Twitter header. God. Oh my God. I think we should all make this our Twitter header. (laughs) If mine wasn't aesthetic, I would. Yeah. Okay. You have to commit to the aesthetic. Yes. But I think it would be a very fun bit if it was all just Jason Todd. (laughs) I really wish I weren't here right now. Okay, so we're going to skip that next big segment that takes up like seven pages of our 14 page note document. (laughs) It's really 14 pages. (gasps) Are we just segment three? Yes, we're at segment three. Um, So. Listeners may remember that we listed off a couple of crimes in the previous episode committed by one Bruce Wayne. And. We decided we were going to go through. I'm sorry, Lainey, what did you just send? Oh, thank God. It's your Twitter <laughs> header, too. Thank God. But it's, it's not your Twitter. Oh, wait. It's, wait, I'm sorry. Okay. All right. All right. I got to commit to that bit. That'll a, do. It's a screenshot of my Twitter page with the Twitter header. <laughs> This is the worst thing. No, this is the best thing. All right, did you do it too? In just a second, I am. (laughs) We have to devote some time to this. Oh my god. Well, Uh, this is not, most of this is going to get caught, I'm assuming. (laughs) I do love uh, mine uh, (laughs) because you don't even see the pin anymore. You don't. You just see Jason, you just see Jason Todd's just, feet. Oh, that makes sense. It's the, just the Jason Todd feet for you. It's just the feet, that, as I deserve, apparently. 
I love how you put me on blast for being in light mode. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we decided that we would evaluate some more favorite foods of comic book characters in a segment we are calling Food Court. And so I think each of us are going to take turns defending one of these. We didn't decide who's going to defend each, but there will be two judges as the third must defend this choice. So who would like to defend um, the next Bruce Wayne food favorite food? I think I have to. Well, you have to. Yeah, I think you have to take both Bruce Wayne's. I, I I really I, I think at this point I have to. It's I am I am contractually obligated to defend Bruce Wayne at this point. All right, present your case. All right, uh, in the animated The Batman, Bruce Wayne's favorite food was nachos, which then led to a hilarious callback in the more recent Batman: The Brave and the Bold. In an episode called A Bat Divided, the Dark Knight is split into three separate bodies. And when angry Batman sees slacker Batman making a big plate of nachos, he yells, Batman does not eat nachos. Which I I, I like. I've never seen this episode, but I love the concept that I I don't know what the third Batman personality is. But I do love that it's broken down into angry Batman, slacker Batman, and then third batman i'm trying to remember because this is one of my favorite episodes of batman the brave and the bold like i think what? that i really like just how third times, how many times do we see batman as a slacker that this is a apparent distinct part of him that's such a like, good question <laughs> like have you ever can you just top of your head can you think of a time you've ever seen batman slack off yes I, Okay, I forgot that there are, like, there are two episodes of Batman the Brave and the Bold where the concept of multiple Batmen is the main story plot. Because you have a Bat Divided where Bruce Wayne is split into three, but then you have Night of the Batmen, which is, um, Bruce Bruce Wayne is injured. So, Plastic Man, Captain Marvel or Shazam, um, Green Arrow, and Aquaman all take over for Batman and all dress up in the bat suit. <laughs> and you have one of the best vocal performances by Tom Kenny as Plastic Man, obviously. God, I love Tom Kenny. That is so nice. Also, um, yes, Batman has been a slacker, and that's in how he got his wealth. Yeah. He <laughs> did not work for it. <laughs> He just inherited it. Generational like, wealth you know is a form of slacking off. I admit that. Okay. That's it. Uh, okay. I have the three Batmen that are in a Bat Divided. What's Please. the third Batman gender? So you have physical Batman. And th- these are how they are credited on batmanthebraveandthebold.fandom.wiki.com. God, my favorite um, website. Um, You have physical Batman. You have science Batman. And you have Slacker Batman. Science. So is physical Batman angry Batman? Let me see. Or is it science Batman? If I click on physical Batman, it just directs me back to Batman. Like the wiki page for Batman. Um, 
Why? Okay, so this episode is also the first appearance in the series of Firestorm. Which, I, you know, nuclear fission, I guess. Right? I don't know. But I, yeah, but, but coming back to Batman eating nachos, Batman being a slacker. Yes. So Bruce Wayne goes off on like a, a year or a year and a half journey right after, like what, right after he like turns 18, goes to learn from the best, to be the best, to be better than the best in all of these different skills, like martial arts, detective work, understanding everything. He doesn't bring Alfred with him. So there are moments where he's like in hotel rooms or somebody else's apartment where he's hungry, but he doesn't know how to cook because he's a billionaire. Which we'll discuss later. Yes. So he gets a plate, throws some chips on the plate, puts some slices of cheese on there puts it in the microwave and there that's technically nachos like i don't think he likes like good like restaurant like nachos. nachos no he <laughs> he likes cheese on chips pause are you saying american cheese this man take i can't i literally i can't take this if if you're trying to tell me he have puts you, down as american someone, cheese slices. have you as never done this does yeah. nachos with american cheese i will defend him <laughs> Have you never done this? Have you never just put craft singles on a plate of chips? And... I have not. I'm so sorry. I have a shredded cheese like an American. But <laughs> when I was younger, I, I hated cheddar cheese. I did not like the taste of it. And I only liked American cheese. And so as a result, as I grew older, I still will eat nachos with American cheese and then like all the other accoutrements on it. But it, it's still something I will make from time to time. But like uh, now that I'm older, I can have other cheeses. But I have eaten it with American cheese. Okay, so. So, okay, maybe maybe I'm the square here who isn't in <laughs> on squares. But this is insane to me. I hate American cheese. I will be on this podcast and say that it tastes like plastic and it is nothing it is the the worst cheese is the american one can we step it up um yeah i i i am in this camp too i american cheese just it's a texture thing and i would rather like even though there, there are other like processed types of cheese i see them as a step up in quality because there's like not that plasticine texture but obviously everyone to each their own um i don't in terms of judgment on this call i think it's fine that nachos are his favorite food but i think um for the point of me having respect for him i am going to pretend that it is a normal nacho plate yeah <laughs> like i i bet I bet in addition to the cheese on chips in the microwave, I bet he did a lot of takeout and a oh, lot yeah. of just like nachos and like a burrito from somewhere. And uh... a lot of like 7-Eleven type food. Oh, <laughs> that's so depressing. Right. Bruce Wayne going up to the League of Assassins for like a face to face with Rachel Ghoul. He's just got a Slurpee in his hand. It's cherry Coke. 
<laughs> I think he'd like that. He w- he would do the cherry cl- coke slurpee. Or I'm sorry, if we're going with this universe, cherry choke. Yes. Fuck you. <laughs> God. Anyway. Okay. More food um, crimes. I find him not guilty, Your Honor. Yes, I also find him not guilty. This is. But this I do is- find. I do find American Cheese guilty. You you find me and Cena guilty, but no, not- I don't find you as people guilty. I find the concept of American Cheese guilty. <laughs> that is the criminal offense here. That yes. is what I'm judging. All right, of fraud. I can take this next one. Um, yeah, because he is one of my favorite characters, and um, I'll actually take the next two because I have a lot to say about both. Um, but okay. Um, in the canonical Wolverine video game for the NES, it's revealed that his favorite food is actually a burger with the works. Onions, jalapeno peppers, chili sauce, pickles, and cheese. Now this sounds great. This, this sounds amazing. This sounds like fantastic. I, I get this at regular, at just straight up restaurants all the time. This is like a good burger. Like Chili burgers are very Midwest. Too, it's I'd a very, say. it is a very Midwest thing. Like having like a taste of like the American Southwest that you can't get because you live in, <laughs> in, in the Milwaukee tundra, or... yeah. in the tundra. <laughs> it, it's a good, it's a good thing. Like it is like a genuinely, I I bet it's like pepper jack cheese on there. Like that it that seems like that seems like the move here with this. Poured it. Um, I think my general beef with this, if you will, ha, get it, burger. Anyway, anyway, my beef with this is that he's calling this the works. And if I go to a like a diner and say, "Give me the works," and they pull out a fucking chili jalapeno pickles and cheese burger, I'll kill someone. <laughs> yeah. What What is like defined as the works to like? Yeah. Is the Is the works just like lettuce, tomato, onion? Pickles? Is that that? Yeah, maybe ketchup, mustard, you know, like that's the works. Those are like standards you put on a burger, but not this, all this hot, the song and dance, you know, I'm here for it. I like a fun little gourmet burger moment, but I, you know, I don't know. The real question here is does he eat it with a fork and knife? It's, it is Logan. It is James (laughs) Logan Howlett. If he does, he uses his little like claws as. Like a knife, spears it. Yeah, he he spears it and like <laughs> eats it off his own claw. Uh, I I have to say, just because I was curious, so I just googled the phrase "burger with the works." The okay. first thing that came up is a uh, forum from from wordreference.com from 2015, where someone was asking if there's a specific name for a burger with the works in French, meaning a burger with all the condiments or extras. What I have to point out is the example this person puts. They say, (laughs) e.g., burger with tomatoes, lettuce, pineapple, beetroot, cheese, onion, sauce, cucumber, peppers, etc. You me tell pineapple and beetroot. What's going on there? Cucumber <laughs> on a burger? Like I think a pi- pickle. Like, pine- well, 
I don't, but that, that it's a very specific though. Like cucumbers are pre-pickled pickles. Yeah. <laughs> They're just cucumbers. This is like a salad. You are putting it in your person talking about pineapple and beetroot and cucumber on a burger? Hold on. I'm looking. I'm doing my own Google. What is the works? No, I don't want the definition for the word work. I just. <laughs> what is the works in food? Okay. Um. Okay, now I've just been directed to an article called Why Ordering the Works Gets Chefs So Worked Up. I think so. The, the oh. simplest definition is to say that when you order something with the works, it's what you're ordering every available topping that they have for that particular dish. So, like, I know, was it five guys? If you order it with the works, it's like you literally get like the onions, grilled onions, like pickles, mushroom jalapeno like you can get everything on it that is what is considered the works so wherever he goes apparently those are just all the available things you can get on your burger and he gets it all together uh, maybe maybe this he's... is sorry this is a really interesting article getting like a bunch of different chefs perspectives on what the works actually means because you get like a pizza chef you get a hot I'm going to read this article later. This this is a great read, but yeah, I think it's like an entirely subjective thing. Like where where do we where do we think this is? Do we think this is at like the Princess Bar in Madripoor? Like he goes up like he is doing something and like his go-to guy just has this ready for him. Like this is the works to them. Do you think like I don't know. Do you think he is threatened the chef multiple times to be like, this is what the works is? <laughs> that that I, they specifically adopted this to their menu because of him. Yeah. I mean, you've got one of the most famous mutants coming in as a regular to your kitchen. Um, you're, you're gonna, like, give him his own menu item, I think. You know, I really, like, I'm personally really compelled by Justice Cena's um, language here in terms of, like, the works meaning just whatever they have in the kitchen. So it makes me think, like, is it, it the way it's written says burger with the works, colon, onions, jalapeno, so on, so forth. I'm wondering if it should be a semicolon, so it's like, with the works, also add on all this jazz. Oh, oh. that is a fascinating take that I like. I can get behind this um in which case, not a crime uh i would i would like to also hypothesize it says chili sauce what kind of chili sauce are we thinking here because like that could be so many different things i think it's just like a meat sauce honestly oh like, i don't even think like i think it's more like a texas chili where there's no beans oh. See, I was thinking like a green, like a green chili sauce. Oh, like, like the Southwest theme. That okay? That makes this so much better. Like and that's a sandwich. green chili sauce that's on good. a burger elevates it to the next level. Oh. We all ate before this, right? And we're all still hungry now. now talking I'm about this, right? Hungry. Yeah, I had a charcuterie board. It was delightful. The French got one thing right, and it was that. <laughs> so, is this a crime? 
I think, depending on which way you swing it, like grammatically, how is this how this is read on the menu? I think determines if this is a crime or not. I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I that we need to like just kind of put this one on a recess, circle back when they can confirm more further details. We have declared a mistrial on the Wolverine case. <laughs> I'm banging a gavel. <laughs> the fact and that we did that at the same time. Both and of them mic- tried to move their hands like up and down like a gavel, neither of them making noises. So <laughs> can I can my mic pick this up? Can my mic pick this up? Kind of. I heard a squeaky noise, kind of like a <laughs> basketball, and then it was nothing. Well, this is the squeak wool, so. This is the squeak wool. Shut up. Oh my god. <laughs> Next crime. Next crime. I'm bringing us back over to the DC universe to talk about one of my favorite, like, lesser known. Well, not lesser known, because people love this guy. But, like, he's sort of beat here. He's. There, there are people who don't see his value as much because for like the longest time he got replaced by Cyborg on the Justice League. Which, again, what a weird decision because Cyborg is a titan through and through. Say that. Speak your truth. Cyborg is not a member of the Justice League as much as I did enjoy Cyborg in Snyder Cut. There are parts of the Snyder Cut I enjoy, I enjoy, not not all of it. Loved Ray Fisher; he was great. Um, but we're talking about John Jones, the Martian Manhunter. Um, one of the founding members of the Justice League has been with the team for almost every iteration. Um, even more so than people like Superman. Um, and his favorite food. Is Oreos, but we can't call them Oreos because, um, be- because you know, copyright things. And so they call them Chocos or just chocolate cookies with cream in there. And he is an alien and he has a fascination with an Earth food like this. And this was a plot element introduced in one of my favorite Justice League runs of all time, Justice League International by Keith Giffen and J.M.D. Mateus. Um... And it's just a fun little character trait that he just loves Oreos. And I think it's great. Like, I love Oreos. Oreos are great. Like, I don't like if you are if you are an alien, like looking for like a full distillation of like American consumerism specifically, you go to the Oreo. I'm just reminded of College Humor's Oreo CEO sketch and, you know, the whole, we, we've done it. We've mastered the cookie. Why do we need to keep making more flavors? Yeah, Truly, this is a good question. Nothing gets more capitalist than Oreos. What is, what is Jean Jones, what is Jean's favorite flavor of Oreo? Like he's a big stuff. Double stuff. Oh, yes. Okay. That's he's, valid though. <laughs> he, oh Yeah. And, like, I have a couple panels that I will be bringing up in a second. Like, they are definitely double stuffed. Like, you, there is a lot of, like, the filling. Do you think he's tried, like, the candy corn Oreos or the white chocolate Oreos? Or Absolutely. There's a candy corn one? Yeah, yeah. and it's really good. 
I am losing so much respect for you right now. Please stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I'm saying that was so I, much I, love, I, but like, there's a candy I, corn one? That's yeah, insane. let me. There's literally Oreos for almost everything. Like that, I, I will say, that sketch is not an exaggeration. <laughs> this is true. Me. I do like the coffee one. That one's really good. Um, not to be uh, funded by Oreos wherever I go, but <laughs> I I have to ask. So if they, if we can't call them, you know, Oreos, how do we feel about Norios or Orinos? I, I like Orinos. I do like Orinos. Here's what the candy corn Oreos look like. Give me a little visual. Okay, I'll, let me paint a word picture for you. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That was a fully like emotional response. Um, it is... Oh, this looks so bad. It is a yellow Oreo. The interior is half orange and half yellow like a candy, like a candy corn would be. So God forbid this. What does it taste like? Bad sugar? Like this? It sugar tastes like candy so corn. <laughs> it tastes like candy corn, which is so bad. This oh my goodness! It tastes like candy corn. <sighs> yeah. Well, I think that this is not a crime because there's nothing r- this man can do wrong in my eyes. Oh, I think absolutely not. Like true. He, he you could kill this. someone, and I'd be like, "It's kind of cute." There it's is justified. one thing I, there is one thing I do need to bring up. It is a six-panel page from I don't know what comic this is from that I, I just found it this morning <laughs> when I was looking for research <laughs> pictures, and it is like Jean presumably in like a therapist's office, and like they're like trying to curb his addiction to Oreos, and there is a single Oreo on the there the doctor's desk. And the doctor is saying to him, a, sing- a single choco cookie is on the table. Let's see how long it remains on the table. And then Jean is just like, fine, no problem. Does not bother me. And then there are three panels of silence shot from like a Dutch angle as he stares at the Oreo. And in the final panel, his tongue whips out and grabs it. <laughs> <laughs> I, forgive I need him. to add my commentary to it when you sent that to us this morning at <laughs> need I say 8am in the morning for me <laughs> you send this and my reply was me when I see <laughs> repeat it. It. me when I see it. an Oreo on the sidewalk <laughs> <laughs> oh boy and it's like a three foot long like it's a long like a frog tongue it, it happens a... to us okay i can fix him <laughs> you don't need to i don't i can make him worse <laughs> oh my god okay uh, we've got another bruce wayne fruit food crime now i'll take right. this one because i think it's right yes Okay. You want to take this one? Okay. I do. Lady takes this one. Because I believe that this is a correct take. I don't have the context for this image I'm looking at. However, it is Master... Uh, it's our good friend, Alfred Pennyworth. And he's saying, Likewise, Master Bruce, a, te- a tense few days, but I knew you'd work it all out in the end. I prepared mulligatawny soup, your favorite. Now, for those at home who don't know, it is a delicious 
delicious South Indian curry rice chicken soup. And it is a delight. And it just is, it's fantastic to me. If that's his favorite soup or his favorite anything to that effect, food, I forgive, I will forgive the uh, well done steak. I will forgive the cut burger. I will forgive the American cheese nachos if he has this good taste of soup. Now that you have described it for me, this sounds way better than what I was picturing in my head because I thought it was like some weird British slop thing. Just like lentils in a broth or something, or like something really just bland and nothing. And this sounds good seasoning in there. This sounds amazing. It's nice. You know, it's nice. And you know what? I say let's go with it. I say let's let Bruce have this one. Yeah, he deserves this one. This is, I think, unanimous. Yes, we are all behind this one. Sina, do you want to take this next one? I would love to. Uh, so this one is, I will say, I, I will preface this, that in more recent runs of Superman, I don't know if it was from New 52 is where it came to be, where Superman is now a vegetarian. So this favorite food is something of the not too distant past. Uh, but Superman's favorite food was once beef bourguignon uh, with ketchup, which I find both hilarious and relatable as I was a kid who uh, I would only eat like meatloaf and stuff with ketchup. Like I ketchup went on everything. So respect. I get that. Um, I find it fascinating because beef bourguignon is a like a French dish. It's French uh, French. Uh, like presentation um so it, it it interests me that this you know alien from krypton crash landed in kansas uh and that's his favorite food but i came up with the theory that uh ma kent absolutely got the recipe from either julia child or uh uh, the Better Homes and Gardens new cookbook. If you if you know the name, you know what I'm talking about. It is that gingham red and white pattern cookbook with a big blue square and white font on the front that just reads new cookbook. My we mom had it. I know you guys, some of your moms had it. We love this cookbook. Very classic staple. It just, it yes. It is a true staple to any home. I love this little fact about him because in the last episode we talked about Planet Krypton and that was a like a, a dish that was served there and I was like that yeah. just feels so random that like beef bourguignon is sold there when like all the others were like puns mm-hmm. um, and then now it makes sense because it was Superman's favorite food. Maybe he eats like a vegan version now if he's vegetarian now. Ooh. Oh. I Maybe just he eats like an impossible Impossible beef bourguignon. <laughs> exactly. <sighs> Love and joy to all the vegetarians out there who listen to this. All two of you. Probably. But, <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, so, okay, yeah. I, I, I guess as much, but, like, there's a mushroom version, there's just a vegetarian version, there's a vegan mm-hmm. version, which it looks like includes, like, smoked tofu. Uh, all of them sound delicious, so he's going to be eating well no matter what he's eating. Good for him. I, I, I like this one. I think this is an approved, like, favorite food. Yeah, like, I, I, 
I can get behind this. Like, I think he grew. I think like he grew up with a lot of like the classic Midwestern comfort food meals, and then this was like one of those things that like Ma Kent would just surprise him with every so often. That's cute. I think so. Yeah, it's like it feels like it's a very like kind of special treat dish, but a very like classic at home dish that gets to be made. Like she would put on like on the little telly like watch Julia Child cooking it and like have her little better homes and garden uh cookbook out and just follow along with it and that'd be like, you know, the little dish that the family would celebrate with. He saves the city from Brainiac and then he flies home. And this is waiting for him on the table. Exactly. Paul Kent comes on, you know, comes back off the farm. Oh my god, I love this. This is very cute, but did they specifically specify with ketchup? Which I can respect. Like I am also a meatloaf with ketchup type of gal, but um Some things it did say that it was his favorite food was with ketchup. Hmm. I'll I'll let it slide. It's really cute. The lore that you it just is. added in there makes it's adorable. it like, totally fine. It's really the- cute. The 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 cute lore has made me completely supportive of this. Exactly. Overruled, your honor. Sustained. <laughs> um, okay. Next one. Spider-Man's favorite food. Aunt May's famous wheat cakes. Now, I can get behind this. Like, this, this is another one of those things, like, this this seems like like the lore behind this seems very sweet and very nice. Like this is something May would make for Peter and it's adorable. It's cute. And people have recreated these on food YouTube. This is true there's a recipe like attached to it which is really fun. Um yes. I will say I am a hater and hate buckwheat flour. I think yeah, that okay. it is atrocious yes. and the only way this is tolerable is if you drench drench it in syrup. Yeah, you need <laughs> you need other flavors because that wheat flavor is just going to be so powerful. Yeah, you got to add in like cinnamon or something, nutmeg maybe. Like there's ways you can spice it up that I'm okay with, but I'm sure he enjoys his little bland dry buckwheat flour yeah it's like buckwheat flour wheat flour baking powder baking soda and salt but then it's also with the egg and margarine or butter excuse me yeah margarine and then two tablespoons of molasses that is the only like sweetness in this I think, I know Binging with Babish did an episode where he made these because they included the recipe in uh, the Spider-Man game along with a uh, recipe for some dumplings. Yes, oh. and I I once tried to recreate those wee cakes. Did not turn out well. Oh no. I, I, I For some reason, I don't think Babish liked it much either. Yeah. I think he said like that, that it's, like, it's a very strong buckwheat flavor, so it's like, if you like that, then yeah, it's going to be great, but... Uh. God, how good is Pinching with Babish? God, I love him so much. <laughs> I love his channel so much. I will always recommend it. Hey, number three, we'll get we'll get you on. Come on, come on the podcast. <laughs> You're welcome here. This is a safe space for you. It you can come on and talk about food with us, please. <laughs> Fuck, now he's on my list of dream guests. <laughs> Manifest it. Let's go. Manifest I- it. Like most of these, um, I think this is cute enough that I'll let it slide. There's yeah, very like, few that I'm going to be really hostile and mean about. 
Um, but we've already hit most of those. The next one I think I'm going to be hostile about. Then I'll defend <laughs> it. No, 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 no. No, are you looking at the Green Arrow one next? No, I'm looking at Rorschach, baby. <laughs> you were going to defend Rorschach? Uh, hello. Hi, I'm here to defend Rorschach. <laughs> so, Rorschach, of Watchmen fame. He is often seen eating sugar cubes, but it is cited saying that given his personality, it's not clear if he likes the taste of sugar cubes like a horse or if he just needs something to give him energy throughout the day. And like, that's really easy and you'll get like quick bursts of it. It's not sustainable, but I do understand the grind. Um, He also seems to be fond of raw eggs and beans straight from the can. Now, Everyone's giving me such a mean look right now with justification of doing so. But as someone who drinks a minimum of two energy drinks a day, I cannot shit on anyone's diet like this. Okay. Yes. Okay. Looking at it from that way, yes. I'm just so hung up on, hey, I need a snack. How about some just straight sugar cubes? Listen. Listen, the Hunger Games is a book series from the early 2000s in which one of the lead characters, Finnick O'Dare, eats sugar cubes. Do you know the generation of children around my age who would eat sugar cubes with the thought of Finnick O'Dare did this? I'm in your generation <laughs> and I read those books and I didn't do that. Okay, well, maybe some of us had different hyperfixations. That's fine. Yeah, I was more of a Percy Jackson <laughs> kid anyways. Fair and real. Um, But yeah, I think that this is understandable. It is a little cube of sugar. You know, we've all been there. He's like a horse. <laughs> the, can- the beans from the can I can get behind. The I can I can support the beans from a can because like I worked with a I worked with a theater company for multiple years where we would travel to different state parks and we would um camp most of the night. So like you we'd just we'd be done getting a show doing a show, we'd have to go back to our campsite, and we were like, oh my god, we're starving. So we're gonna light a fire and we're gonna just put beans in a can over it and then you take as much beans for the can as you want but then sometimes those left over and then sometimes I would be still hungry and I'd just eat the rest of the beans straight from the can yeah too like when you're camping the food you eat because you're just so tired all the time the yes. food that you're eating is just like so exquisite like the first meal like whatever takeout you get on your way home from camping is always like the best meal you've ever had in your life yes yes even if it's not that good yeah exactly like it was a lot yeah but like something about like late night beans from a can <laughs> I just have to keep saying the phrase beans from a can. It's my <laughs> new it's my new baby shoes never for sale, never worn. Um beans from a can, raw eggs, sugar cube. <laughs> but it 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 works. It it works it, it's a good, like hearty thing. I can get behind that. 
but not the fucking sugar cubes of the raw eggs. Listen, there's a lot of problems with Rorschach. I feel like this is the least of our concerns yeah, okay. right now. Okay, <laughs> that, that is fair. I, I will say, because I feel I, I established this as something I did in the last episode, so I have to continue the theme of expressing that in other countries, because of the regulations behind uh, like produce and eggs, specifically japan is the one i have in mind um like you can eat eggs raw in japan because of regulated you can leave them unrefrigerated you don't need to refrigerate eggs in japan they will keep in america though it, it, it so it, there's a distinct line i think that depending on where the eggs are from and the regulations surrounding them you can technically eat raw eggs without fear of salmonella. I don't think that's his case, but I just want to make that point clear. Yes, absolutely. As much I as definitely I'd think he's eating salmonella eggs. Yeah, as much as I'd like to think Rorschach <laughs> is importing eggs from Japan, he is, <laughs> he is supporting international trade. He is going, this man is going to like a 24 hour grocery store getting like a 12 pack of eggs and just biting into the shell like an apple <laughs> eat just like me for real <laughs> this man has all. scurvy he is scurvy ridden I have never read Watchmen that is like my one like crime as a comic book fan I have also never read it. I watched the movie. I have horrible recollections of the sex scene in the movie set to Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. And I hate Leonard Cohen's version of Hallelujah. And I say his version considering, which is ironic considering it's his song. Um, I hate Leonard Cohen singing Hallelujah. And so I'm like, I love that song. Why are you ruining it for me? Using the original version to a sex scene. Yeah, because yeah, because like it's so bad. When I when I think of that song, I think of the cover that's used in Shrek. <laughs> because that's it's one of the best versions. It's a better cover. The version in Shrek and Katie Lang's versions are the two superior yeah. versions of that song. Yeah. Beef with the Leonard Cohen version though. What's what's up with that? What he do? Uh, you know, it's funny. There's a couple of songs of his that I really like the songs. I don't like his voice for some reason. And mm. I like covers of his songs better. Because the same thing happened with uh, Everybody Knows, which was used in um, God, Justice League. Uh, there was a <laughs> cover of Everybody Knows used at the very beginning of Justice League. And I liked that cover a lot. It's sung by uh, sung by a I believe I, I it, it's not sung by him. I can't remember who sings it at this moment. Um, I want to think Sigrid, but I love that cover. I just, when I learned it was a Leonard Cohen song, I'm like, why does this keep happening that I keep liking songs only to learn that they were originally by him? It's a terrible oh trend. So we, ha- well, cause I've seen the, wa- I've watched the Watchmen TV series. Um, I've not seen the show, but I've heard it. It's really good. Um, did you guys know that in that show, Robert Redford is canonically president of the United States? What? Hello? It makes <laughs> like, sense. 
when you Robert when you Redford want. the actor or like yes. as a yes, character he, like he's playing someone well no he is not in the show it is like <laughs> referred to multiple times that he is the president of the United States so he oh well, he, I mean Reagan does, he, I guess he, he doesn't cameo at all it's just like a piece of lore that he is president because like they go off the thing that like what the events of the because it's a like a sequel to the like events of the the original Watchmen story so it goes off the events that like that stuff happened in the 80s when Reagan was president and so they just kept electing actors <laughs> pretty funny that's... oh I'm sorry he's Robert Redford is president for life I'm sorry that's, that's another <laughs> specific detail and Love I believe you. he has been president since the <laughs> 80s. Oh my god. Good lord. You know, I the, I will read Watchmen when I finally cover it on this podcast. I that that is when I'm gonna do it. Someone pay for it. Make it happen. Ask for a Watchmen episode. Someone Good pay god. for it. You're way past 40 minutes. Ray, we're giving you so much free content, baby. We're giving you so much free content because we have so much planned. Um. Anyways, Rorschach's innocent. <laughs> Rorschach has done nothing wrong in this regard, <laughs> specifically in, regarding food. In the <laughs> in the context of food, Rorschach has done nothing wrong. I can't believe I've <laughs> gaslit both of you into thinking this is acceptable. <laughs> like one. you said, this is the least of our concerns with Rorschach. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, last one. Um, Lainey, do you also want to take this one? Sure! Green Lantern. My good guy, Green Lantern. Green Arrow. Green Arrow. Oh, well, maybe Green Arrow, who's also a guy. Um, (laughs) That feels right. He's had a thing about Chili's Chili for decades, and there is a recipe on the back of one comic that's called Ollie's Stupendous Chili Recipe, quote, I mean, excuse me, parentheses, just like mom used to make, which is adorable. Um, and honestly, looking at this recipe, it looks like kind of really nice. It uh, there's sounds great. It's got cumin, cumin, paprika, cayenne, all these lovely spices. There's like brown sugar going on, Tabasco. He has a garnish, okay? There's grated cheese, oyster crackers, specifically chopped onions. There's a little note on it that says, kids, get your parents to help you with this at home. Which is so cute. And it's in this huge pot and it looks disgusting, but the recipe looks good. We should point out the reactions to of the rest of the Justice League who are being served this chili by Green Arrow. Um, the common theme here is it's spicy. It is, ex- it is a very spicy, like it's a lot of cayenne, a lot of these different spices, um, which I am all for. Like, I think that's great. Um, but you've got Superman using like his cold, his freeze breath to cool the cool the spoonful that he has. You've got Martian Manhunter contorted in pain. It's with the with the speech bubble fire. It tastes like fire. Moons of Mars. Um, you've got the Flash who is looking to call Captain Cold for for help or he's gonna give this to captain cold to defeat defeat him him, i guess um 
you've got um Green Lantern just hunched over. He doesn't he have enough fighting will- for his life. The the direct quote is, "I don't have enough willpower to eat eat this." Hal Jordan, <laughs> the strongest willed Green Lantern, mind My you. My man looks like he's about to die. <laughs> um, Aquaman begging for water, and then there are three people who are doing all right. You have Ollie, who is who made it, and so like he he's grown up with this. He know he's good with this. You have his wife, Dinah, Black Canary, who is reassuring everyone else milk w- who's who's being like milk will help ease the pain. She's probably he's probably made this for her so many times. I think this is like their date night meal. Maybe. I don't know. I so. I, I, she's definitely looking like someone who like enjoys it, I think. Yes, she and then Batman's just like Yeah, and then Batman's just like needs more crackers. That's because he's having his good soup. He's having his good curry soup, and so he knows how like, to eat a spicy soup. He, he likes it. spice. Yeah. He gets it. This is this is reminding me of an anecdote I'll share so briefly. Um, I love to suffer when I eat, apparently. I love super <laughs> hot food, right? Um, but one of my favorite dishes is something called hot pot, which is a very like famous Sichuan dish. It's like a hot oil filled with like a ton of peppers in it, and you put meat and like veggies in it, and you like take them out, eat them with garlic and that sort of stuff. It's delicious. Um, I had it like three nights in a row when uh, one time, and I like it was night two. The image that I'm about to send you. Uh, there's a photo that my friend took to me of me candidly where there's one person, she's eating it, she's laughing, she's having a great time. The guy next to her, he, it's her boyfriend, he's like eating it and he's like, he's getting kind of into it. He's French, so he like, you know, he's been through it. He's looking like a little, it's it's a little spicy. There is like oil all over the table. I look like I've seen God. There oh are like God. three <laughs> bottles of soy milk surrounding me. I my lips are like inflamed. <laughs> I am visibly sweating. There's steam coming off this table. Anyways, so to say that I relate to everyone in this image, like on a spiritual level, um, also makes me say that Ollie is innocent. We're having a transcendental experience here. Like I met God that night. Three nights back to back. Like my body was in pain. And this was night two? This was night two. Night you three like really someone, knocked me out. You look like someone who's been put under like anesthesia and is just waking up. <laughs> I was. Like, I can't overstate three like empty containers of soy milk sitting next to me. <laughs> so were, this is were so you- funny. You were you at a restaurant? Did you like go to a restaurant for this? Yeah, so I was in a restaurant in like Sichuan, China, which is where it's from. And I was with this guy who was there. Uh, He was like an alumni of my college, and he apparently he won this pepper eating contest there, and it was like a huge deal that this foreigner won. And he ended up getting his own restaurant, and so he like like he and he stayed there after he graduated and opened up his own restaurant. So we ate with him, and he's like unfazed by spice. And it was a lot for little old me. <laughs> My question is, did you did you bring the soy milk in with you or did they no, you buy it there? OK. Oh, my God. I love that. All right. Food court has commenced. We, we are we are out of food I, court. I oh. have one last thing. 
Yes. It was my final line that I put. It's nothing that I need to get into detail of. I just need to set the record straight. Oh, because it oh, is constantly. Okay. I uh, yes, this was my, my this was my last note that I had put. It is constantly and consistently referenced by almost everyone who has never picked up a comic, and I am going to call out every single one of those people right now. Deadpool's favorite food is not chimichangas. He just likes to say the word. He has actually canonically stated that it is not his favorite food. He just, he says it all the time because he just simply likes the word and that is all. And I think that's valid. There's lots of words that are fun to say that I think we should say more often. Cephalopods is one of them. Does does he at least like chimichangas? Likes them, yeah. He'll, He'll eat them. It's just... So what is his favorite? It's not food? as like there's yeah you see shirts you see like you know stickers everything merchandise everywhere that's you know Deadpool and chimichangas. He just likes the word. That's it. He just thinks it's fun to say. Yeah. So what's his that's favorite all. food then? I could not find a like an actual consistent thing because if you Google. Deadpool's favorite food. Everything comes up saying chimichangas, and it's like, it's not. It's not his favorite food. It's just interpreted as his favorite food because he talks about it so much. So inductively, that means that every food that isn't a chimichanga could potentially be his favorite, in which case he is defending a lot of bad foods, and I think he deserves a death sentence. (laughs) <laughs> no, I think that he is absolutely valid in having whatever his favorite food is. I I will defend Deadpool in this. He, uh, if it could be anything, it could be something bad, but it also could be something really good. So it's like, Schroeder- I think that duality is very fitting for Deadpool. It could yeah. be good. It could be bad. We just will never know. Schrodinger's favorite food. There we go. Schrodinger's Deadpool. sorry that was nothing (laughs) no i think that was everything and i think that needs to stay in that doesn't need to stay in um (laughs) moving on to our next segment we are staying in the realm of the fictional um who wants to take this one because i'm just gonna sit here and riff i would love to whatever you say i i i think again i i need to for this because this is yes it is is my man and it is obviously my favorite subject regarding my man of this segment simply called Bruce Wayne Likes to Grill. We have from a comic uh, two pages or about a page and a half of Bruce Wayne just grilling up a fine piece of steak at home. He uh, gets on the phone and who he's talking to uh, just asks, what are you doing? And Bruce Wayne, wearing nothing but a towel around his neck and underwear, says he's grilling, which I've got a lot of questions about why he's grilling shirtless in his kitchen with no pants, but I'm not going to touch on those right now. Um, he, the, the person he's talking to says, who are you grilling? Thinking that he means a criminal. And Bruce Wayne just says, a steak. The man asks, you cook? And Bruce responds, no, I grill. It helps me relax. Uh, He then continues, he goes, it was wrong to cut Alan off, who he was speaking to. He goes, but my grill was flaring. And like he said, a steak is ruined. 
on just one side. I will touch on this in a moment. Not red or gray. I was after the perfect sizzle, but I'd misjudged. It was red, raw. My tastes didn't run that way. So here I think we have something that is counterintuitive to what we have previously discussed of Bruce Wayne ordering a steak well done. So I, I would like to posit to both of you. I know we're no longer in food court, but I'm going to posit this situation. He orders them well done because he does not trust anyone else but himself to cook it the way he likes. I, that is I not also... to say that he will only eat them well done, but that he will only eat it well done if someone else cooks it, because otherwise he does not think they will get it the way he prefers. I would also like to posit a, 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 another possible theory for this. Hmm. So... Bruce Wayne orders the well-done steak in Kingdom Come, which is like an, an alternate distant future type story. Okay. So, and this seems to be in main continuity. This, this probably is from like a 2000s Batman story. And I'm just judging by the art and the aesthetics. This looks like late 90s, early 2000s DC, specifically Batman. I would, um, I would probably agree. But... I think looking at a progression of the history of Bruce Wayne, if you're looking specifically as the Bruce Wayne that ages into the Bruce that is in Kingdom Come, the older he gets and the more crotchety and jaded he gets, the more well done his stakes get. It's like Citizen Kane. <laughs> instead of his shadow, it's how like well done his stake is. <laughs> It's symbolism. That's art, baby. I also oh, want to just like, I've been really distracted by this art because in the first panel when he's like, yeah, I'm grilling, I'm Bruce Wayne. Blah, 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 there, this fire on this stake is probably like three feet tall. Like this man is a terrible cook if he is a cook. Because hey, but this fire is out of control. He's got the vent hood. He's totally fine. That's like a restaurant-grade vent hood in there. He's got, like, two ovens. My man has flames whipping around everywhere, and he is shirtless in front of this. Truly in his underwear. There is no safety in this kitchen. He now, likes to live dangerously. You know who I could see do this? Robert Please Pattinson's there. Bruce Wayne. <laughs> oh, would. Robert Pattinson's Bruce Wayne is a grill head. Specifically, shirtless and in underwear grill head. <laughs> that, that's the way to be. <sighs> like, I bet fucking something in the way is playing as he's grilling. <laughs> <He's laughs> it's Nirvana in the background. Next it's in like, the queue is the My Chemical Romance Samitsky later on down. I think this is great. I like this. I do really like Cena's theory about um, like not going to a restaurant specifically in mind. Yeah. With yeah, like, no one can do this right. I think it's, I, I feel like that's very fitting for Bruce Wayne. It, like, it seems it seems very valid. Like I'm not trying to dis discredit you. That it I think it works. I think. I just, I just think it's so funny that he's here 
and he and even he's like he's I like my steaks pink, and then he, he still cooks it too raw. <laughs> yeah, it's a really gross looking steak. It's like red. Like I don't like my steaks like super gory. I also just don't like to think about where meat comes from because it makes me ill. But this is like a bloodied steak. I don't know what's going on here. I'm sure it's some sort of like greater. Look at this. He has the blood of the steak on his hands because he's going to have the blood of the city on his hands. Yeah, I I really want to know what these are from. I'm going to look this up. Keep keep discussing. I I, I do have. Yeah, like it is a very bloody steak. Um, Bloody well steak. Oh god, that was a terrible. bad British accent that I just coughed out. That was nothing. <laughs> Cut that right now. <laughs> a bloody steak. Um, Master Wayne. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know. I, I I have so many thoughts about this whole this whole thing. Like I don't even know what to make of it, honestly. <laughs> it's such a weird a weird sequence. Uh, like, I do like his grill setup. Like, he's got, like, it looks like a wok with a, uh, um, with, like, a wire rack over it. So he's doing, like, a wok grilled steak, which sounds fantastic. I'm not gonna lie. And there's probably, like, coals under it or something. In my yeah. This like, is, like, like, a high rise, it kind of looks like. Like, it just looks oh, really yeah. nice. It does. Like, I, I, I think that would be fantastic. But not, not that bloody. Mm-hmm. I return with information about this story. We share. So this is from 2004. Um, so we were right on the uh, on the era. Early yes, 2000s. We, were, we were right on the era. Um, there's no synopsis for this. Um, sadly, we found out. I have a writer. I have I have the name of the man who wrote this. Um, when you think of like, in my personal opinion, when you think of like good like batman storytellers you think of the i like to think of the ones who aren't like super dark and edgy and lean super into the dramatic stuff um but sometimes like i do love that stuff but like frank miller um and others in that camp i do not really approve i do not really like enjoy a lot of their batman stuff and another person in that camp is brian azarello um I think this is a name like I feel like he is one of those guys who is in that Frank Miller camp of like he's kind of an asshole and writes like garbage like yeah gritty hyper dramatic stories he man pain he I believe this uh, correct me if I'm wrong but um he co-wrote the third like Dark Knight story with Frank Miller which was titled Dark Knight 3 The Master Race. So um, I so, don't like that. <laughs> yeah. So he wrote this. He wrote the scene where Batman grills a steak in monologues. That oh sounds right. Oh boy. Whoa. Well, I guess my judgment on this one, I know we're not in court, but when are we not? You know what I'm saying? Society. Exactly. Society. Um, society is a court. Um so, I also have to mention that um, the man he's talking to, I, I, I looked this up, I have it on the DCFandom.wiki article. The our, man he's our, talking our sponsor. To, yes. The man he's talking to is Detective Crispus Allen, 
Now, Christmas Allen was like a prominent, like supporting Batman character for the longest time in like Detective Comics and especially in Gotham Central. Um, mm-hmm. A couple of years after this, he dies and is the new host of the Spectre, a.k.a. DC's answer to the D- DC's version of the literal wrath of God personified. So I like to imagine I like to imagine that Christmas Allen is like I don't know this could be when he's like the host of the Spectre but he's just speaking to Batman and then the wrath of God is just so mad about this stake decision. <laughs> Finally, attribution. Do you think then that God uh, made him take his stake off the grill too early? Yeah, Whoa. this this is <laughs> like, oh, you think you're going to grill and get the steak that you want? Think again, Master Wayne. There's so much to unpack here. Oh, my God. OK, we have to move on. <laughs> we simply must. We have peanut to move butter? on. Can we talk peanut about butter. peanut butter, guys? Peanut guys, butter. Guys, in the 1970s and 1980s, Superman had a peanut butter. There was licensed Superman peanut butter. Yes. If this no, made it to the 90s, sorry, I could have had it. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. I was not allergic at the time, so I could have had peanut butter. I'm so sorry. I need to get this out of my system. She <laughs> pee on my nut till I butter. <laughs> 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 Okay, I'm good now. Is that all you need? Is that all you needed to say? That's why I just need to get out of my system. <laughs> so I I want to talk about like the nature of licensed like food products for a little bit. Um because I think we are all children of the 90s and the 2000s where licensed food products had a bit more theming to them. Like I'm specifically I'm thinking of like like the the licensed craft mac and cheese where the noodles were like in the shape of the characters. Yeah. And of the Shrek ketchup, the Shrek chip, if you will. No. I will. <laughs> Thank you. I don't want to think about the Shrek ketchup. I always think about that because uh, Himes had that very fun time where they had the green ketchup, they had a purple ketchup, they also had a blue ketchup at one point. Because um, what are you going to do? It's the '90s and 2000s. It was a lawless land. But no, I I think that like nowadays, like there's still like branded and licensed foods, like whether it's fruit snacks or whatever for kids. But I don't think it's to the level it used to be. Yeah, it's like not. and like, it's think, depressing. <laughs> like yeah, because like there were a lot of themed cereals too. Like I yeah, I think a lot about like there was we lived in like that golden age of like themed licensed products where like where like capitalism hadn't like fully entered late stage yet and so it was a lot of just like throwing shit against the wall and seeing what worked and i live for those weird experimentations and i think we we sort of see like an arc i think of like 70s and 80s licensed food products were just like like this superman peanut butter where it was just a jar of peanut butter with superman slapped on the label 
And then you get more and more weirder shit. And then as we've come into the 2020s, licensed food is just, again, something with the label, like, just the normal food item with the label slapped on with a character. Like, um, have any of you heard of um, Grutella? I have not. Hold on. I'm sending a picture of Grutella. I'm assuming this is Despicable Me. Yes. What a delight. It's, I was um, also, I'll, I'll be honest, my first thought was actually, like, a Groot. Like, no. from the Guardians of the Galaxy. That would have been cute. Um, but so I also, is... I, I will say it, I, I am firmly in the camp of adamantly refusing to call Nutella Nutella. Yeah. Because I don't care how many times on their website, on the back of the bottles, like, I can't have it anyways, but I, I don't care how many times it says that it's pronounced Nutella, they are not called Hazel Newts. And you will not get me to pronounce it as Hazel Newts or Nutella. It is Nutella. End of story. So this is Grutella. Um, it's just a jar of Nutella with, um, gr- with Gru photoshopped into the main label and like <laughs> him holding a sign that says Gru and above the NU in Nutella. I yeah, admit I, that's fun. It's that's, fun. They're playful, but there could they could be better. You know what I'm it saying? It could be like yeah. it could be like minion themed Nutella, just like yellow Nutella. Gross. <laughs> what yeah, let's not wait, go there. Wait. Anyways, I'm very interested. I do think that like everything old is new again. And I yeah. think that as we come back with like the Superman peanut butter type, just throw a la- throw a character on a label, call it a day sort of thing. I think we'll eventually circle back to weird marketing campaigns with food. Yes, please. I am living for that day. I think when like we get the weird kid cuisine meals again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When we get that burger-themed kid cuisine meals. Oh my make god! It happen. Let's let's make no it investors reached out to us, and I'm no so investors excited. have reached out to us except Ray Weiss, who paid us twenty dollars to do. Yeah, this. Ray, <laughs> Ray is our investor at this point. Ray, if you want to help us franchise a bat burger, hit us up. You know our you know our lines. The dream, I think, is to like a a week take a weekend. And open like a pop up restaurant, and just it's Bat Burger, and like like that that my we go as long until Warner Brothers shuts us down. It's like he <laughs> snipes us. Coming back to like Nathan, the Nathan for you stuff, like that that I introed the episode, the last episode with. We could just do like what dumb Starbucks was, yeah. and just like dumb Bat Burger. <laughs> We it's it can be a full on social experiment. Just see how long until we get shut down. Only available <laughs> in New Jersey. <laughs> okay, wait. If we have to go to New Jersey to do this, I'm I'm out. <laughs> you don't want to have the cultural experience of having Jersey attached. Come on. Fine. Okay. Fine. Okay. So Superman peanut butter comes in two varieties. Um. Classic creamy peanut butter and then crunchy peanut butter. And there's nothing 
else. <laughs> There's nothing else. It's just peanut butter. There's also just peanuts. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they also sell Superman peanuts. <laughs> but I think what's so fascinating about this is not the product itself, but the advertising around it. Um, we have two commercials that I need that we need to discuss. Um, one animated, one live action. Um, the animated one is like your fairly standard, like Saturday morning licensed cartoon type product commercial where it's like uh, Lex Luthor is um, holding Superman hostage with kryptonite to, in order to get the secret ingredient in Superman peanut butter. And some kids come in and they this gang of nameless kids come in and save Superman. It's like, ah, now you have the power of Superman peanut butter and things like that. Um, I think the one thing about this one that's interesting is in the commercial itself, <laughs> the product, the Superman peanut butter is not animated into the commercial. It is like a realist. It is a still image that has been like pristinely <laughs> animated into Lex Luthor's hands. So it's animated Lex Luthor holding a real can of Superman peanut butter. What year is this? Let's find out. Let's find out. Let's watch the Superman peanut butter commercial again. Um, already, um, it's gotta be like 70s or 80s. I don't, I don't, I don't think there's a, yeah, there's no like direct, um, there's no, there's no direct like release date of this. I do need to shout out one of these YouTube comments though. Um, now Lex has something to eat with his 40 cakes because this is, of course, the Lex Luthor outfit from the best meme of all time. 40 cakes. <laughs> Lex Luthor has stolen 40 cakes. That's as many as four tens. And that's terrible. And we should that... read that book. True. We should... Recommended reading. <laughs> Do you guys, next episode we do, do you guys want to do an episode on the Super Dictionary? Please. <laughs> that would be so fun. Let's do it. Actually, well, I was going to introduce whatever the 40th episode is with the 40 bit. 40th episode, we do super the Super Dictionary. <gasps> this is delightful. We shouldn't let people in on our planning, though. They don't get a no. No, they get a guarantee. They get a guarantee. <laughs> They get this, a is, this is binding. This is this is we binding. are near a court. Let me let me look at how many episodes we've uploaded already. It Probably can't like be 10. it can't be more than twenty. I think I think Homestuck was our tenth episode, but I could be completely wrong. Whoa. Um, I'm I'm on our list of uploaded episodes. Um. 16 episodes so far um, by the end of May, which will be after will be. So this might be the 20th episode that comes out. This <laughs> right here will be. Oh, right my God. See you again in 20 episodes, baby. What a special treat. You and you literally are both coming back for episodes before that. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that commercial is not like the interesting one. The second one is your classic, like, live-action 
everyone loves the peanut butter commercial. But I want to talk about the slogan. I'm going to give a dramatic reading of the slogan, everyone. At last, a peanut butter you can look up to. <laughs> Inspired. Now, what do they mean by that? Was there, like, beef in the peanut butter industry? Uh, according to the uh, the bio of this video upload, it says this aired on either Saturday, May 8th, 1982, or Sunday, May 9th, 1982. Sorry, this would have aired on my birth. This possibly aired on my birthday literally decades before I was born. Yes. Are you telling me I share the same birthday? As the Superman, pe- as at last a peanut butter you can look up to. I at mean, last, to be fair, podcast you can look up to. <laughs> you are. It's not that that you share a birthday with it. It's that that was there first, and you so happened to be born on the first same day. Like you cannot be like this peanut butter is so, more important than any of us. Yeah. Now, question for the listeners. Would you buy a shirt that says, at last, a podcast you can look up to? Or <laughs> or just the straight-up slogan? Would you buy a shirt that says, at last, a peanut butter you can look up to? I don't think that copyright exists anymore. I think we absolutely could make merchandise for that. <laughs> oh my god. And this I think actually I just a pitch meeting that you just don't a, happen to pay for. It's such a niche slogan that that like I don't think people will sue us for it right <laughs> who's going right? to this company has right? to be defunct at this point yeah who pre- who made the superman peanut butter that's the real question and also i just really like the idea that like jiff and skippy and all these other like peter pan none of those are like really moral peanut butters that now we finally have a peanut butter that you can look up to that this you can bring pe- your kids around because the other ones are really butter- raunchy. This pe- <laughs> This peanut butter is a role model. It's American hero. Put some respect on its name. Superman peanut butter. Um, the Sunnyland Refining Company. Let's see. If that cannot still... be real. That cannot be a real thing. Sunnyland. It was in Birmingham, uh, Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, that is a sunny land. Um, uh. it looks like they're still in business. Allegedly. There's a number. If we can prove that they're real, call them right now. No, I'm not going to call the Sunnyland Refining Company. I'm not going to. Do you guys have a copyright on this? We're just wondering. The division was purchased in 1999 by Ventura Foods of Brea, California, a division of Mitsui and Company, USA. Uh, the company continues to produce Smart Balance brand margins. So it's Smart ba- oh, okay, interesting. A Smart Balance company did this? Apparently it's the same company that made Smart Balance brand margins. And it's Ventura, like Ace Ventura. I think that's probably important and connected, right? Anyways. <laughs> okay. Wow. We should probably move away from the peanut butter as as prolific and moral and righteous as it is. God bless this peanut butter. Okay. So, we have to talk about um we have to we have to talk about the last thing. And I think we're going to spend a long time on this because I think this is 
the most substance in a subject we have today. Um, because we are dealing with another real restaurant. A restaurant that is open, that you can go to, and much like Marvel Mania at Universal Studios Hollywood, which we discussed last time, this one's at a theme park too. Welcome to the Pym Test Kitchen at Avengers Campus at Disneyland at Disney's California Adventure at part of the Disneyland Resort in Anaheim, California. Lay it on us. Let's talk about this. So I gotta explain what like the premise of Avengers Campus is right now. Because um this is a recent area of the theme park that opened up and they are putting Areas like this, called Avengers Campus, in, I believe, Anaheim, which already is open, Hong Kong, and Paris. There are, like, the three Marvel-themed lands are going in Anaheim, Hong Kong, and Paris. Um, and so the, the story of the Anaheim one is, um, this part of the park was an old Stark Industries auto plant that was bought by Tony Stark and retrofitted into a training center for new Avengers recruits. Now, you're thinking, if this exists in real time right now, in the timeline of the MCU, Tony Stark would be dead, correct? Because this is post-Endgame. Or, Spoilers. Or it will be post-Endgame next year, <laughs> technically. Oh, shit. <laughs> Whoa. Um, but... But so this is not part of the MCU. This is part of the M uh, TPU, the Marvel theme park universe, which is its own thing. Um, the the current stable of things um, ex that exists in the MTPU is um, part of Avengers Campus. You have Web Slingers colon a Spider-Man adventure, um, which is like a Spider-Man themed shooting gallery that uses technology where instead of like you have guns, you do like the Spider-Man thwip. And apparently it's a horrible workout on your arms. Um, you have guardians of the galaxy mission breakout, which is also in Avengers campus. Um, God, I hate that ride. I nearly shit my pants on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, not and kidding. I like cried. It was so stressful. <laughs> then, I thought it was going to be a regular drop. It was not. They, like, throw you. It's yeah, terrible. They, they randomize the drop sequences to be in tune with whatever song is playing in your ride. It's bad. Um, I don't like it. You also have the newest um, theme park attraction in the MTPU, um, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, which is a roller coaster with a backwards launch. Ooh. Uh, um, that is open in Florida, and the only Marvel ride that will be open in Florida because of insane theme park rights laws, because Universal has the theme park rights to the Marvel characters in Florida. And that's why you have Marvel Superhero Island at um, at Universal's Islands of Adventure. Um, I know so much about this shit. <laughs> I I'm all I can say is my friend uh works at in at, at the Disney Park in Florida and so uh he has been on the ride. Uh yes. cuz they did the cast like a cast showing uh where they got to try the ride out. So Cosmic Cosmic Rewind sounds awesome. 
the sound yeah. the, the songs that are on there are like September um can't go wrong uh it's like it's September um everybody wants to rule the world um there's a song Wait, list what hold on like um, the tears for fears song yes that's is not the a sound... good roller coaster song yeah <laughs> i watched a video of it and it's so slow in comparison to how the the roller the coaster moves i cannot tell you which one i was listening to when i was on because like i said i nearly pissed my pants it was i was truly expecting just to lift you up really slowly build that suspension and then boop and it was not that okay so here are the songs for Cosmic Rewind, and then I will go through all the Mission Breakout ones, because um, I this is one of the things I love so much. Um, so the none of these are like on any of like the main awesome mixes, but like you feel like they could be, because it's like September by Earth, Wind & Fire, um, Disco Inferno by The Tramps, um, Conga by Gloria Stefan, um, Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears, I Ran by A Flock of Seagulls. Banger. And Run One Way or Another by Blondie. That is what you can listen to on Cosmic Rewind. Then Mission Breakout is um, Burning Love by Elvis Presley. Um, Give Up the Funk by Parliament Funkadelic. Um, I Want You Back by The Jackson 5. Um, Hit Me With Your Best Shot by Pat Banatar. And Free Ride by a band that I cannot remember the name of right now. I listed those off the top of my head. That is really impressive. This is what my brain contains. <laughs> um, but the other attractions in the Marvel theme park universe are a couple of things in Hong Kong. One themed after Iron Man and one themed after uh, Ant-Man. But the premise of... This world is like it's its own universe. All the characters can show up. Um, no one's dead. No one's dead. Um, I don't know if anyone's been seeing these TikToks of all the costumed characters showing up at Avengers Campus. Like you can get, you can get any of the Moon Knights. You can get Hawkeye. You can get Loki. Like the thing with like the Disney Plus shows is like day after episode drops, if the character is in a new costume, they will be in that costume at Avengers Campus. Huh. So, like, it's corporate synergy at its worst. And most. So, this isn't Earth 616, is what you're saying? This is not 616. <laughs> this is not 616. <laughs> this is not Marvel Cinematic Universe designated 616. Oh, God. This, turns is, my stomach. this is Earth 69, and it's just corporate. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm saying this it's is Earth, like, I'm really grateful it's Earth that this 69420. Let's be real. So real. When now, is John Krasinski gonna be in the theme park? That's the real <laughs> question. When he goes on vacation with his wife, Emily Blunt. That's why. <laughs> Good point. We have to actually talk about the restaurant now because this yeah. is also a part of the Marvel theme park universe. This is like um, 10 episodes. We are talking so much. If the I dream one day I could do an produce an entire podcast talking about like themed restaurants and themed part theme park experiences. Thanks. I'm gonna leave that to the people who do that the best, which is podcast the ride, but um l put me on your show. Put me, Jackson Heyman, on podcast the ride. Um make that trend. Make it make it trend on Twitter, get them to notice me. Um but 
the Pim Test Kitchen. The theme of this is like it's Pim exper- experiments with Pim particles, and the food is either really big or really small, but usually it tends to just be really big. So it's like big items and big entrees themed around like science experiments gone wrong. So you get things like the not so little chicken sandwich, which is a big like chicken breast pounded out. So it's huge on the tiniest little bun (laughs) with like, um, with, uh, I'm sorry. I just read this review that I, that I copy pasted into the, um, the notes doc. Um, what is essentially a well-breaded schnitzel that particularly particularly crushes one half of its slider-sized brioche bun and sports the other as kind of a jaunty hat. <laughs> Good way of describing it. it I, is I, that is a lovely description. Great. Um, and then it's schnitzel. And then it's a teriyaki sauce and a chili mayo with cabbage slaw. So, like, this sounds great. This sounds like That's a good. Sounds real. Um, and then you also have the um, the impossible spoonful, which is like noodles and a marinara sauce, and then one big meatball that's made of impossible meat, and it's served in a bowl that looks like a big spoon, and served with the tiniest, tiniest little fork. Oh, that's cute. They're having, they're having fun. They're having fun. They're doing visual comedy. Um, there's also like a Caesar salad with a giant crouton with one <laughs> big crouton. That's called bread. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I wanted to talk about one one particular menu item last. Um, I'll save that last. But then you also have um, this is one of the few places in the Disney theme parks that gives you Coke freestyle machines. So already it's top of my list. Um, Very fair. Because I love the Coke freestyle machines. Um, but there's a special flavor specifically for this restaurant, which is um, the Pingo Doce soda, which um, is an Easter egg reference to the Incredible Hulk movie, which is the soda that like Bruce Banner gets his blood into. And oh, it's God. the soda that kills Stan Lee in the cameo. Oh, no. <laughs> That's fun. What's the flavor? <laughs> it's like, I think it's like a lemon-lime soda, I think. Delightful. Batburger should sell that. <laughs> Instead of Spite. Yeah. Um, no more but Spite. Th- but then also, like, they do... There's also the Pim Tasting Lab, which is like the cocktail bar sort of offshoot of this these are 20 dollar drinks okay yeah freaking theme park yeah these better like knock my socks off this is here's the this is outrageous by theme park standards all the entrees are reasonably reasonably priced except for the one that we're going to talk about at the end but um like the chicken sandwich is 1549 the caesar salad is 1249 um $12.99 Twelve ninety nine for a PB and J. That you know, that's 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 expensive. With bacon. Okay, it does have bacon on it. And banana. And I think, and I think it's like a dusted like bread. It's like the bread is like dusted with powdered sugar. It's like a fried peanut butter and jelly with bacon. Yeah. Um, Not sure what to think about that. Like interesting, but but the cocktails are all range from sixteen to eighteen dollars. 
$19, one of them. Oh, yeah, $19. The Experiment. And all, like, the regular cocktails have, like, boba in them, which... What? Yeah. What? Like This is unpacking something in my head here. This is, like, we can have boba in drinks? That's something we're allowed to do? Yeah, like, (laughs) well, I think, well, because, like, something about the Disney parks and boba has, like, really been, like, they've been on, like, a boba kick recently. Um, Really? So, like, a lot of, like, all the new drinks include, like, boba. But all, but only specifically in, like, this and the Pandora, the world of Avatar land. So, well, because, like, all of, like, the Pandora food, this is a we. I'm going to get on my soapbox for a second. Because all <laughs> of the food in Pandora is, like, really, like, East and South Asian inspired. Like, it's, like rice bowls and uh bao buns and um drinks with boba in them and curry and stuff and it's framing it as like food of the navi this alien race so mm-hmm. i i don't like that i don't like framing east asian food as alien yeah yeah that's bad energy that's that's bad just en- fully racist yeah it's good food, though. It's, it's good, and it's nice it's, that we're, like, getting away from just pretzel. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, they've really gone away. Disney, again, I know so much about this. Disney is Disney has gone away from, like, straight, like, standard theme park food. Like, I think there's, like, one or two places where you could get, like, a funnel cake in a Disney park. But, like, mm-hmm. but, like they've gone, like, super artisanal with stuff. Uh, which, like ups the prices but it's like a better meal experience Mm, i see because i do the they have like a soup they have like a um a clam chowder in a bread bowl that slaps yes um there's some Um, moments you can get a good shawarma at this avengers campus place like they they sell Mm. shawarma and you can get it for a souvenir price for an expensive souvenir price in like an Iron Man Infinity Gauntlet cup. <laughs> like, oh the, the shawarma, you can just, like, eat it like you're holding the gauntlet. That's insane. Um, Like I said, if we're able, ever able to make enough money doing this, I will go and do an entire episode on Avengers Campus. Um, Because I've never been, and I would like to. Um, But we have to talk about the last thing that we haven't discussed. The yeah. thing that makes me the most angry about <laughs> this. The family-sized Pim-Eni, which is a great pun. It's a great pun. But it is a big sandwich. Just a big sandwich that costs a hundred dollars. I can't do this. I makes me so upset. I have to say, based on the picture, this thing is cut into eight slices, little yes. triangle slices of the sandwich. Um, $100 says it serves six to eight guests. Yes, that's six to eight not, guests. Yeah, that, that, that's still not worth it to me. It's not. Hold on. If you like, are doing. $12 a person ish? 12 to yeah, $14? If you are doing. 
if you're doing eight people, it's twelve fifty per person. If you are doing six people, it's about seventeen bucks per person. Huh. And then you are also factoring in drinks and uh, and taxes and other sorts of things. And respectfully, this does not look filling. Like the it, salad is so small as well. The salad looks so sad. It's just little. And it's then just there's a there's a bowl of marinara sauce. <laughs> just for fun. <laughs> for kicks. The thing is though, is like family size. Okay. I just want I, I, I just want to clarify though. This would not be with kids. Like when you say family no. size, this is for an adult family going out. Because especially when you take in the ingredients. And having that number of people with people who are not allergic to it, considering it has pistachio nuts on it. Yeah. Like salami, salame rosa with pistachio nuts, rosemary ham, provolone, and sun-dried tomato spread on toasted focaccia with marinara dipping sauce, potato bites, and arugula salad. Mm. Like, that's not going to be something that kids are going to want to eat at all. So you're not spending that for kids. You're spending that for adults only. Like, this is like if a group of people, like a group of people doing the classic, like drinking at, like day drinking at Disneyland thing. Yeah. And uh, this is for for the people. So Anaheim Disney Park does not have Epcot. So this is like the Epcot equivalent, it seems. Like California. I went to Disney's California Adventure once. I what technically twice, but I was like, four years old that first time so shut shut up um (laughs) the second time i went i was like 14 and even then looking at this i was like oh this is the park where like for all like the like the adults without kids that really like but not the full disney adults like the adults who just want to have a good time on vacation and just like day drink with the cars in cars land I would love to day drink with the cars from Cars Land. Like, if they would let me bring on, like, a Manhattan on that ride, it is delightful. It is like you are driving with the top down. It is a dream. Yeah, the Radiator Springs Racers at Cars Land, one of those, like, I don't like the Cars movies that much. Like, they're okay. Mm -hmm. But, like, experiencing the atmosphere of Cars Land is is kind of great. Because, like, they take the exact scenery from cars and put it into a physical space. And it's lovely. It's so nice. It's truly charming. Like, I hate how nice it is. And that's what I liked about the Avatar place in Florida, too. Like, I could give... I could care less about James Cameron's magnum opus, I guess. Um, The Way of Water coming out this December. (laughs) Um, but it it's a breathtaking experience. Yeah. Um, fuck it. What if I started the theme park podcast? Who would is that? What this is? Is this just a segue? Is that all we are? This is the pitch. This is Is where it's all leading to. Is this a backdoor pilot? You paid for a pitch episode. Ray, you paid for a backdoor pilot to me talking (laughs) about theme parks. Thank you, Ray. Love you. I want to point out one last thing about the $100 sandwich. There is just a bowl of tater tots. And I know <laughs> they call them potato bites, but they're tater tots. They're tater tots. It's just a 
They're just in a steel bowl. They're artisanal. They look well-seasoned, mind you. I just can't get I just can't get past the bowl of marinara sauce. It's for the tater tots. You put them in there, you toss them around, and it's like a pasta. <laughs> Potato pasta. So sorry, I'm wrong. Don't look at me. I'm just imagining us all sitting down to eat here. We each get our food and like <laughs> Dumps the tater tots into the marinara sauce and starts tossing them around like they're a salad. Listen, it's kind of like in Lady and the Tramp, except instead of noodles, it's tater tots, you know? <laughs> There's gonna be the guy there with the accordion. It's the pie like a great pizza pie that's tater tots in your. Uh, yeah, anyway. Um. You know what? We're just going to talk about... Let's just... We've already talked about the Pim Test Kitchen. We've already talked about the shawarma. Um, I'm looking up the um, the last place in uh, Avengers Campus that you can get food. And we're going to discuss um, the, uh, the another food stand. It's a dessert stand, because I feel like, like every great meal, we should end with dessert. Um, uh, we are going to talk about Terran Treats, which is the Guardians of the Galaxy themed uh, food cart. Now, now the thing is, the the lore of the Guardians area is like, um, is like the collector has basically just set up his own place. (laughs) And so this is the collector's food cart. As he does. This is Benicio Del Toro's food cart. Oh, that's just not even the collector, just Benicio Del Toro. (laughs) Yeah. I gotta go there just for him. I love him. Yeah. So there are two items here at Terran Treats. The uh, Sweet Spiral Ration and the Cosmic Cream Orb. Now, just saying the names makes them sound way worse than they look. I think they sound very fun, actually. I'm pondering my Cosmic Cream Orb. So, (laughs) I'm looking at the... the actual pondering their Cosmic Cream Orb. This this is the actual menu here. Um, so they are both described like Terran desserts, like Earth desserts. So the sweet spiral ration is like a Terran pineapple churro, and the cosmic cream orb is like a crisp Terran cream puff filled with ri- whipped raspberry cheesecake. Interesting. Yeah. I've a, these look good. I have a really important question. Yes. What is the rating of this podcast? <laughs> Technically, we rated explicit. Spectacular. I think that. Um, oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I think that these cream puffs look like Ultron's balls. Not Ultron. Excuse me. They look like fans. <laughs> They look like Thanos balls them. I can't say it. <laughs> okay, let me give me a minute. Okay, I think that I don't think we like need Thanos to balls that have not been moisturized. No. <laughs> like I, I'm trying to figure it out because they look like um like conchas to me. Yeah, they look it's good. A, like that dried bread on top, like that crunchy bread. Mm-hmm. But. 
I don't know. Like, I'll be honest, my it says raspberry cheesecake, but because of the coloring, my brain goes like ube. Yeah. And so I would I would go into that like wanting and expecting ube, and I'd get raspberry, and then I'd just like get super depressed. I'm expecting yeah. blackberry when I look at that. Yeah, or, I can see that too. Or to connect it back to theme parks, boysenberry, which you can get a couple miles down the street at Knott's Berry Farm. Exactly. Um, but so I think like with the. I hate the name Cosmic Cream Orb. I, I'm obsessed <laughs> with it. I, I, I think it's supposed to be modeled after like the orb, which is like the plot device of like the first Guardians movie, where, where like they're going after the orb, and the orb has like the Infinity Stone in it. Mm-hmm. Do you want to read that message you just sent, Lainey? <laughs> I don't know if I can. Let me try. Let's see if I can get through one of these without laughing. <coughs> Excuse me. She cosmic on my cream till I orb. <laughs> I'm so sorry, everyone. I, you know, I think this is longer than. <laughs> There's more of that. Well, content. no, I think this is longer than the first episode. I have to do some looking. But this might be longer. It's close. We managed to talk about less for longer. <laughs> but it but so I think just been the food court stuff. Like yeah. that would have filled an hour. That would have filled an hour. But now we're talking about the cosmic cream orb. I think because this is on the Disneyland.disney.go.com website uh, for the Terran treat snack menu. And under the beverages, for $24.79 is what is called the Doctor Strange Eye of Agamotto Sipper, uh, served with select choice of Coca-Cola bottled beverage at, uh, at time of purchase. Um, so I looked it up because I was curious. I'm like, what the hell are you spending 25 bucks on for you know, a drink? Uh, you get this giant plastic-looking uh, Eye of Agamotto that looks like it has this little... I don't know, pouch as the center of the eye that I'm guessing contains whatever beverage you get. This thing sounds like a nightmare to get, because I can't imagine, like, it looks like there's a way to possibly, like, clean or refill that pouch. That sounds like a nightmare to do. Like, I'm going to just link. Yeah, could you send a picture of this, please? Yeah, it's a puzzle. It's It's for enrichment. I, I <laughs> twenty five. Oh my bucks god! You're drinking out of Capri this. Sun. Yeah, like there's a little straw that pops up that you can drink out of. Like it looks like my interpretation of it is that there's like this plastic pouch in the center that contains the drink, and that's what you're drinking from. Like, just get a Capri Sun at that point. If you want um, a pouched beverage so bad, just drink a Capri Sun. I'm Don't spend twenty five dollars on this. This is yeah, like, this I'm madness. Take- like a box wine and put it in there <laughs> exactly are you drinking you're just drinking franzia out of your eye of agamotto sipper <laughs> yeah, and then i'm going to throw up on the guardians of the galaxy though. <laughs> oh man hey hey what are you drinking oh yeah i'm just drinking a white claw out of my doctor strange eye of agamotto <laughs> sipper no well, have you 
Wait, now I gotta link a picture of what the Infinity Gauntlet looks like. Um, I think you absolutely do. Can we, like, get these all, like, put in a document for the viewer to read along with? <laughs> the listener, excuse me. So, this is what the Infinity Gauntlet sipper looks like. It's a beverage holder. So you can... Holder. You can get your Coke product and drink it out of, presumably, the severed hand of Tony Stark. <laughs> oh man, you're drinking that good old Tony Stark juice. Oh my god. They should do, you know those like Hulk like punch things that kids have? <laughs> Hulk they hands. should do one of those as like a beer koozie. <laughs> Ooh. We gotta, we gotta, okay, now we gotta pitch some souvenir, like, cups or food holders or things. Um, I feel like the easiest one you could do is, like, you could do helmets, like popcorn buckets. Like, you could do an Ant-Man helmet. You could do an Iron Man helmet. You could, um. Yeah. Trying to think of, like, because Spider-Man is the big thing at Avengers Campus. Like, he mm -hmm. is, like, the, the one of the big flagship characters. Um, I have a good one for Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, a little bag of ash. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Mr. Sark, I don't feel so good. I think I, I think there was something that I ate in that cosmic cream orb that didn't agree with me. <laughs> Okay. Buy your commemorative bag of ash, <laughs> and then you get like a little name on it. They're each labeled after each super that got dusted. No. Guys, this is a terrible idea, and for one reason only. In general, this is a great marketing idea. People should hire me. The reason why it's not a good idea for this park specifically is, <laughs> is because they have to kick out people all the time who try to like put um their loved ones ashes on like it's a small world and all these other rides haunted so, mansion specifically yeah oh my god um but well oh wait, 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 wait 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 so you know how like they sell like some like theme parks or souvenir shops sell like souvenir driver's licenses or name tags with your name on them Mm -hmm. Bags of ash with your name <laughs> on them. That's so good. Guys, I got blipped. <laughs> Guys, I got blipped and here's my commemorative bag of ash. I got blipped and all I got was this t-shirt. Why don't I they sell that? Say that? What they should do is they should sell the bags of ash for the like all the common names and then for people like me whose names are never on those. We get a t-shirt that says, my best friend was flipped and all I got was a stupid t-shirt. I like that. Whoa. That I way like it's like, it's a dual package. Is that, and then if you buy both, it's like a dollar off because that's all you need. But I feel like they should also have like ones for like, like alien species that like <laughs> don't exist in our world. So like, it could be like your name written in like Cree or. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's fun. This is the Kalazak threat. 
And I got dusted at Disneyland. <laughs> that sounds so terrible. And it's going to be in the Disney font. <laughs> I would actually wear that. <laughs> okay, adding to the merch list, I got blipped and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. <laughs> I got just really like the idea of I got something bad happened to me at Disneyland. <laughs> like, I got shot at Disneyland. <laughs> That's a conversation piece. Oh my god. You think Do you think so, so Disneyland canonically probably exists in the main MCU? Oh, 100%. Do you think on the day of Thanos's snap, somebody was in like the Mickey Mouse suit and got blipped and got dusted? Here's my better question. Do you think at Disneyland or Disney World or whichever is that people got blipped, obviously dropped out of line, mm. and other people just moved forward in line, not even, like, freaking out, just like, oh, this wait just went from two hours to no hours? Wait, so you're at the front of the line, you're about to get on, like, Big Thunder Mountain or something, you get dusted, you come back five years later, still at the front of the line, and you're like, oh, okay, I'm not gonna worry about it, I'm at the front of the line now, I, I'm just gonna... Do you think that they came back, and then they just put to the back of the line? No! Because it was like they were cutting? <laughs> what about the people... What about the people that got dusted on the rides? What? Stops. Like the operators, you know? Like, you can't oh, bring shit, down Dumbo. Are... Oh, God. Do you think that... Oh, God, this is about to get really depressing, but do you think within the MCU that when the people came back post-blip that there were people crying because it meant Disney World was open again? Like they did after COVID. I say after COVID is like as if oh it ended. But like the people who were like crying legitimate tears because Disneyland and you know was open again. Do you think that happened post blip where people were like, oh my God, I can finally go to Disneyland again because it's staffed? Well, like I think that's thing, your concern. <laughs> I think the thing is like, depending on how many staff members Dis the Disney Corporation loses <laughs> in the blip, um, Depends on like how many, how much they're able to like keep operating, because from experience as someone who knows a couple of people who went through the Disney College program, there That's are what my friends in right now. <laughs> there are always people eager enough to go work for them. Oh yeah. <laughs> so even if they get blipped, they're gonna have a steady workforce. So I don't think they're closing. I don't think they're operating at reduced capacity. I think that they what they do, oh. I, I hate how real this is that they would have then put out like ads essentially being like you know you can come here in this terrible time that we all live in and come in back home in these dark uncertain times oh my god they would and come home so <laughs> I want to posit another theory <laughs> Do you think the the Avengers team that remained after the blip, like the the team that like it was like the skeleton crew of like Steve, Tony, Rhodey, 
um, Natasha, um, Carol, Rocket, Bruce, and like Hawkeye and Clint. Do you think they went on a team building excursion to Disneyland? <laughs> but it was really sad for all of them. <laughs> Disneyland, but everyone's crying. Here's the question. Does Disneyland within the MCU own the rights to the Avengers still? Whoa. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Now, okay, now we have to talk about the Ben and Jerry's flavors that get mentioned in like a throwaway <laughs> line in Infinity War. So, like, they are being commodified. They are being branded. So, so somebody, somebody has to own the rights to the Avengers. And I, I don't think it's Tony. Like, I don't think Tony's the one who's commodifying no. them in this instance. Although that's something he would absolutely do. I don't think it's him. I don't know. I think they're individually selling it, right? Like, it's yeah, their it's, branding. Yeah, like, it's their Your right. Hawkeye. Like, yeah. Okay, I just had another image. Thor, mid five years in Endgame, goes to Epcot, drinks around the world. I would love to drink around the world with Thor. Yeah, that's right? That's delightful. I would love I to go... be a fun time. Thor and Korg and Valkyrie, like, going with them and getting shit-faced sounds incredible so fun i'd love to get drunk with chris helmsworth and tessa thompson and taika watiti in a in a rock suit <laughs> this is true how do we end this episode i was literally just thinking i that, i don't even know we dug ourselves into a hole here um i guess let's just call it um Thank you, Ray, for paying for this. <laughs> Gestures um, vaguely. This is going to be so fun for you to edit. <laughs> this is a nightmare. Well, this isn't coming out until end of June, so I've got some time. Pride but... month, no less. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Ray, for paying for this. Um, thank you, Cena and Lainey, for coming back to do this. Thank you for having us. I think it got worse than original restaurants episode. It did get worse. Thank you for listening to this. If you've listened to all four hours of this, you are entitled to financial compensation. But you have to hear me say that to get it. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know from who, but Um, not us. The Walt Disney Disney Company. Exactly. Love. Um, Lila, do any do either of you have anything you want to plug? No, I, I was about to say uh, Roaring Twenties is coming back, but that's not a plug. No one watches that. It's not a show. It's not a show. <laughs> it's not D&D a show. It's not in. media you can consume. It is a D&D campaign the three of us are in that the only exposure to everyone else is frantic tweets. <laughs> It's literally just me uh, just cryptically tweeting about things that I'm planning, and that's it. So true. I would like to plug, um, go to a local park. Go touch some grass. <laughs> go touch literally, some grass. Literally go outside. Like, I'd be Sponsored so serious. by the outside. If you listen to this, go touch some grass. If you listen to all of this, go touch some grass. Go I, I think it's legally required. Oh my god. (laughs) Alright, goodbye everybody.
Love you all. And remember that somehow, somewhere, you too got blipped. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Recommended Reading with Jackson Heyman's theme music was written by Charlotte Rosenthal. Recommended Reading with Jackson Heyman is produced by Mythonomica Productions. Thank you for listening.